Well, good morning, New Hope. Welcome here this morning. As we get towards November here, we're kicking off a new series called Dollars and Cents. And it makes sense as we look over the next two months. After hearing a sermon on Psalm 52, verses 3 and 4 on lies and deceit, a man wrote a letter to the IRS. He said, I'm writing you this letter because I cheated on my taxes and I can't sleep. Enclosed, you will find a check for $150. If I still can't sleep, I'll send you the rest. You know, when it comes to money, we would rather joke about it or laugh about it than actually have a serious conversation around it. For some reason, the conversation about money makes us feel uncomfortable, although in reality, on a daily basis, we talk about money. We go online and we search to find the lowest price on a product, right? We go to a variety of different stores and we do price wars on which is cheaper. I mean, there's individuals that, hey, I go to Walmart for this, but then I go across the street at Aldi for this. Why? Because of the price difference, right? It's just how it is. When we need a repair on our vehicle, we look and we call different shops to find out which is the cheapest. That's just the reality of it. And if you think about it, we work within our finances and money on a daily basis when we have all kinds of transactions like buying our coffee, putting gas in the tank, right? Getting our groceries or whatever it might be. So it's not something we don't deal in, but it is something that, yeah, we are uncomfortable talking about. And especially when it comes to talking about money or finances like in the church. There's this perception that Jesus and money is like this oxymoron or like the church and money is this like oxymoron. And you know what an oxymoron is. It's two words that are just totally opposite of each other. So it's, it's like, oh man, that cake was awfully good. Awfully good, right? You know, or you say, oh, hey, my keys were found missing. They don't mix, right? Or whenever we talk about, you know, our children and they just are starting something or whatever and we're around other parents, we chime in and we're saying, well, my daughter's actually an advanced beginner, right? And like, okay, what are those advanced beginners? They don't mix, right? But if we look through Scripture, if we look through the Bible, it is mentioned over 800 times the stewardship of our money and resources, the financial management of our money and resources. If we look at the first portion of the new part of the Bible called the New Testament, and we look at the books Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, which show us the life of Jesus, one-sixth of Jesus' teaching and conversations are about stewardship of our resource or money management. Matter of fact, one in three of his spiritual stories, which are called parables, are about the stewardship of our finances or our overall money management. So since Jesus talks about it in his word, the Bible, and since we want to follow Jesus, 
here at New Hope Community Church, we are going to look at the whole area of finances over this next month. And it's going to be an opportunity for us to be educated from God's word, which he says is perfect, which he says equips us for every good work and even the work of our finances. So that's why this November series is called Dollars and Cents. And today I want to look at the whole idea of good cents. When it comes to our dollars and cents and applying good cents, we always have to start first off with our concern with our finances. And when it comes to our concern with our finances, and we use that word concern, sometimes we right away go to, oh, concern means to worry, or concern means to be like stressed out. But if you actually look up the word concern in the dictionary, it means this, a matter of interest or importance to someone. It's just a matter of interest or importance to someone. Our finances are a matter, obviously, of interest and importance to us, right? So when it comes to the importance of our finances, there are four activities that we need to give concern to, all right, that we need to be interested in when it comes to our finances. And I want to use these Coca-Cola cans up here to give a picture of one of the top concerns when it comes to our finances. And the first concerns, obviously, is our earnings, these 10 Coke cans represent our earnings, right? But the second area when it comes to our concern for our finances obviously has to do with our spending, right? So we could say that, hey, 10 of these Coke cans have a, give a picture of our spending. You know, these relate to our mortgage or our rent, our car payment or car insurance, our groceries, uh, clothes, whatever it whatever we need on a daily basis, our spending, right? Because daily we spend what we earn. We could say, hey, one of these Coke cans has to do with a third area of concern for our finances, and that, say, our savings. Hey, what are we going to save? And then there's a fourth area of our finances from, hey, what we're going to earn to what we are going to spend to what we're going to save to what am I going to give? What am I going to put aside to give uh, as God calls me to, right? But in reality, when it comes to our earnings, there's a, a really a fifth area, and that fifth area has to do with our debt. And so the Pepsi can through this whole series is going to represent our debt, okay? And sorry about you Pepsi fans out there. I know there's this big division between Coke people and Pepsi people. That's why I'm using this whole illustration all, all uh, November and that. But Obviously, they're distinct, right? And when it comes to our earnings and when it comes to our spending, what we find, if we're all honest, is there are times in our lives where we take on extra Pepsi cans in our lives, right? Extra debt in our lives. And so over this November series, we are going to look at these five areas of finance, our earnings, our spending, our saving, our giving, but also what does our debt load, our Pepsi load, look like, right? And so we need to be concerned. But the reason I put this series at this time of the year is that 
over the next two months, we need to not only show concern over our finances, but we also need to be cautious. We need to be cautious. Ruta Supetti wrote a novel, Salt to the Sea. It's about a group of teenage refugees who meet on the road in the chaotic countryside of East Prussia in the winter of 1945. The Nazi Reich is collapsing all around them, and they, like hundreds of thousands, are fleeing the wrath, says to her friend, who is way too trusting. We cannot be too cautious, Hannah Lore. Just because someone knocks on our door doesn't mean we have to open it. Sometimes, sweet girl, there are wolves at the door. If we are not careful, they will eat us. As we are 26 days away from Black Friday, 58 days away from Christmas, we will have advertisers, we will have wolves that are desiring to consume 100% of our earnings. 100% of our earnings. And not only that, they want us to acquire as much debt as we are willing to over the next two months this season, right? Not only our earnings, but moving us to acquiring as much debt as possible. That's why in Proverbs 27, 12, we have this warning. The prudent see danger and take refuge, but the simple keep going and they suffer for it. I want us to read this together. The prudent see danger and take refuge, but the simple keep going and they suffer for it. Another translation says this, sensible people will see trouble coming and they'll avoid it. But an unthinking person will walk right into it and regret it later. When do we regret it later? When it comes to the next two months? January, <laughs> when it all comes in, right? So as we are on the cusp of the holiday season, we need to be cautious and aware that advertisers, retailers, which need to make income, and they provide us things that we need or want, but we need to walk forth in caution and recognize they want to move us from just our, not just our earnings, but fully into what level of debt load are we willing to pursue. And advertisers utilize two main ways to attract us to spend all our resource and to move us into debt. And let me give you an example of that of this vacuum here, okay? So the first way that advertisers advertise or try to attract us is by logical persuasion. All they do is they talk about the specific details of the product, okay? And so they talk about this vacuum. You need a vacuum, they talk about the vacuum. And they say, this vacuum has 200 pounds of suction torque. This vacuum will 
suck your husband, the couch potato, off of the couch if you're within five feet and put him into action. You know, this vacuum has 150,732 bristles that will tear up any dirt in your house, not to mention your carpet, right? You know, this vacuum has a 30-yard cord, meaning, men, you can plug it into one outlet in your house, and it will reach every nook and cranny in your house up to a 2,700-square house. So you only have to plug it in once. Don't we like that, men? Aren't we always like, oh, come on, you know, dies on us? And so it's just logical persuasion. Hey, this is the product. But then, if you watch tonight the Vikings game, right, you are going to have all kinds of commercials that are utilizing non-rational influence on you. Meaning, they don't say anything about the product, but it's all about emotion. And so you turn it on and you see them selling this vacuum and you see two famous people from Dancing with the Stars vacuuming. And they're vacuuming, they got all these beautiful moves and they're talking about, look at so-and-so from Dancing with the Stars vacuuming. It's so easy and beautiful and you learn dance moves as you're vacuuming. You're like, oh wow, I know that. I watched that show. Oh man, they use that vacuum. Look at how easy and, you know, and I'll be more graceful and that. And they're getting your emotion. And they say nothing whether the thing even works, right? So this is how they work on our psychological side. Because I studied this, my undergrad, one my degrees is in psychology, is that every time we go shopping, we have a first need and a second need. And they play into this, especially over this next two months, right? So when we need a vacuum, our vacuum broke, the house is getting pretty rough, we got to go buy a, buy a vacuum. That's our first need. Hey, honey, we need a vacuum. All we need is, hey, we need a vacuum. It needs to suck up dirt. And you walk into the store with that idea. Hey, I just need a vacuum. It needs to suck up dirt. That's your first need. But then our second need kicks in. And I like that color. That, that matches our house theme. You know, that kind of thing. I like that color. Oh, look at this. It has a power port for my phone. And it actually has two so that I'm, you know, I can do two things at once. I'm vacuuming and I'm charging my phone and I can talk on the phone at the same time. And look, at it. it's got this cup holder for my Starbucks or Caribou and that kind of stuff. Because, you know, I hate it when I'm vacuuming. My coffee's getting cold. You know, I can't figure, you know, that kind of thing. That you know, pretty soon you'll, you'll buy one. So when you click it, the TV goes on, right? You, you got a TV right there. So as you're vacuuming, right? Yeah. Where do we see that now? Where do we see that now? How many of you gotten gas lately, right? Yeah, you grab the handle, the TV comes on at the gas station. I mean, that's crazy, right? I mean, how many of you have been, like, sitting in the line waiting for gas? You're sitting there, you're sitting there, and you finally realize that the dude in front of you is, like, holding the handle. He's already done, but he's still watching TV. He's like, oh, I got to, you know, I don't, because what happens when you put the handle and it goes away, right? And you're just like, dude, come on, seriously, right? Go home, watch TV, you know, watching it at the gas station, right? But when it comes to this next two months, advertisers are not just going after our earnings. They're going after how much are we willing to put on credit. 
That's why Proverbs 27, 12 gives us this warning. The prudent see danger and take refuge, right? But what does Solomon say in the second half of the proverb? He says, listen, if you're not paying attention, this is what happens. This is what happens. You will suffer. You will continue to walk towards it, and later you will have regret over it. That's why he warns us in the first part, be prudent, because if you don't, you'll continue to walk towards the danger, and then you will regret it later. And that's why when it comes to this next two months, we need to give attention to where our heart is at. Jesus says in Matthew 6, 19, 21, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy, where thieves don't break in and they don't steal. And here's the big line. For where your treasure is, there your heart shall be also. So if your treasure is here in the vacuum, your heart's here. If your treasure is over here, hey, that's where your heart's going to go to, right? And so here's what Jesus is ultimately asking. He's saying, listen, pay attention to your heart because I'm asking you, where is your heart right now? Today, where is your heart? What is your heart giving allegiance to today? Jesus is asking us, what is first place in our heart? Advertisers over this next two months want our first place to be in accumulating all kinds of stuff through our earnings and into debt. And so Jesus is saying, listen, over the next two months, if that's where your treasure's at and what you're running after, that's where your heart will be also. So Proverbs reminds us, the prudent see danger and take refuge. Or sensible people will see trouble coming and they will... Avoid it. So when it comes to our dollars and cents, and when it comes to having good sense, we need to not only recognize for our years, but at times during the year, we have to be cautious. We have to pay attention because the proverb warns us if we don't. Unthinking people will walk right into it and they'll regret it later. They'll regret it later. So if we don't give concern and caution, attention to our finances, then we will regret it later. And people who have regrets are people who live lives with agitation. The word agitation means this, a state of anxiety or a state of restlessness. I remember when our washing machine busted and I called the guy and said, yeah, that middle thing in the washer doesn't, the big thing doesn't work. He says, oh, that's the agitator. Why? Because it agitates the clothes constantly. It won't let them be still. 
It wrestles them all the time. It causes anxiety among the clothes. Wrestleness. Restlessness. And that's what a life looks like if it doesn't pay attention to these next two months. And we get to January. Ecclesiastes 5.10 says this, Whoever loves money never has enough. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with their income. This too is meaningless. That word never satisfied with income, a person who's never satisfied is a person who lives a life of agitation. They're frustrated. They're discontent always. They're coveting and looking at what everybody else has and what they don't have. They're unthankful for anything. They live this life of agitation. So as we start this series called Dollars and Cents, and we look at our concern overall for our finances, and we recognize that we need to be cautious during this time, that especially when we look out ahead to our Black Friday and premeditate what is our action going to be, we need to recognize that how we act on Black Friday can actually impact our next 236 Mondays. This is what I mean. The average person or people will spend $1,000 on Christmas. And if we go past our earnings for that and we put it on credit and say the credit is 14% at minimum charge $25 a month, this Christmas will be paid off four years, seven months from now, which is 236 Mondays. So our practice on Black Friday will affect our Mondays. And we know that when things come in January and we open the mail, that we become agitated people. We're honest. And it agitates us from there. And so God gives us some great instruction in his word in how we are to live so that we can be people of shalom, people of peace, people who earn, obviously spend, who save and are able to give, and obviously have debt as well, but good debt as opposed to negative debt. And we'll look at that through this series. But in this series, our goal and my goal is to help us to be educated by God's word because it is perfect. And he says it equips us for every good thing. And so that's why as you leave here today, every family, and if you're not a family, you're an individual here, that that means you as well, will receive this 30-day devotional. It's seven keys to open-handed living in a tight-fisted world. We are tight-fisted often because we have all this going on or we don't truly understand God's word when it comes to the area of finance. And here at New Hope Community Church, part of our culture is to live a life of generosity. And the reason for that is 
because Jesus was the most incredible, generous person ever. And we want to reflect him. But also, we want to handle our finances as he has taught us biblically. And so as you leave, you can pick up one of these books as you exit the door from one of our ushers. And then I just encourage you to weigh into it on a daily basis. It'll take you a few minutes to read the scripture. It'll explain it to you. And then there's a story with it. And it'll help to teach us all about how we can handle our finances better and how we can live a life of shalom, a life of peace around our finances. And so I just encourage you to do that and to practice that here today. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you that you are a God who knows every area of our life. And in that, you have provided for us instruction in your word. And you have concern as we apply our finances and practice our finances. And so thank you that you give us instruction. And I pray your favor and your goodness over each one here as all of us continue to learn and grow in this area from your word. And so I pray your favor and blessing over each one here this morning in your holy name. Amen.